If you would, turn in the Bible to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. Tonight is our second night in this series on the mystery. The mystery that we find in the New Testament. We see this word mystery used many times, and tonight we're going to look at the example from Romans 11. This is perhaps one of the most difficult and challenging passages in the entire Bible. What is this meaning? Uh, it's not hard to understand uh, the, the, the terms, and that's what we're going to look at tonight, but exactly what it's wanting us to uh, conclude from it is very, 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 very difficult, and uh, I'm hoping to help us with that tonight. Just a few weeks ago, we had the Kentucky State Fair here, and uh, we like to go, and we usually go at least, at least once a year. We always make it over to the food court to buy us like a $10 hot dog. And right beside the food court, there's that atheist booth. You've probably seen that one before. I didn't see that one this year. Um, but on the other side of the atheist booth, there is a booth for Islam. I don't know if you've seen that one. It's right beside the food court. And the Islam booth has a huge sign that says, we love Jesus and we are Muslim. Or I think it says, we love Jesus because we are Muslim, which is a pretty cool sign, right? And it is very much so a sign that will draw you in and catch your attention, right? Miss Anna Harris was there this year at the state fair, and she went to get herself a $10 hot dog too, and she saw that sign, and she said, I've got to go talk to them. And I was very, very proud of her for going. We ought not to be scared or intimidated by somebody that's different from us. We ought to be open to people who are different from us and, and very much so eager to become their friend, eager to enter into a conversation. I hope you're not afraid of people who are different from us and people who are from different religions than us. And Miss Anna went over to them and talked to them about it. And she said, I'd never heard this before. I'd never considered this. Tell me what you mean. What they meant was, in their holy book, the Quran, it talks about Jesus. It says a lot of things about him. He's not the savior of the world. He's not the, he's not the one who can forgive you of your sins. But they believe in Jesus as a historical person, and that's what they meant. The Bible, though, which is the true word of God, which has been passed down from us literally since the time of Christ, who rose from the dead. The Bible, which is completely trustworthy, teaches us something different about Jesus. It teaches us that he died on the cross as a sinless man for sinful people. And after he was completely dead, and they even checked to see that he was completely dead, he came back to life to show that he is completely God and that nothing, not sin or death or the devil, can stop him. And if anybody will believe completely in the work of Christ, then they are forgiven of their sins. And in that way, because their sins have been removed, they will be saved and fit for heaven. There is nobody on planet Earth ever who is fit for heaven unless their sins have been removed. Nobody. No matter how involved you are at church or with religion or how good of a neighbor you are or how often you are at this church, if your sins have not been forgiven, completely washed away, then you are not right with God and you will not be right with God until they are washed away. The only way to be saved is for our sins to be forgiven. And what the Muslims think about Jesus is that, yes, he was a prophet. 
But there was a prophet that came later than him, Muhammad. And God gave Muhammad an even greater message. And the message that God gave to the prophet Muhammad comes through the Quran. And that now has been given to the world. And that is just not true. That's what they believe, but it is not true. And so, while they do believe that Jesus was a real person, they do not believe that Jesus is the savior of their sins. Therefore, Muslims like virtually every other person in the world and every other religious person in the world is not sure if they will be forgiven. Let me say that again. They are not sure that they will be forgiven. If you talk to a good, faithful Muslim and ask them if they're going to heaven and their sins are forgiven, they will say, I hope so. I hope that God will be gracious and merciful to me. They think that it is simply in the heart of God whether he wants to be gracious and forgiving or not. There's no assurance in that. The Bible teaches us, though, that there is complete assurance because of what God has done through Christ. Jesus was crucified on the cross under the judgment of God through the plan of God, through the love of God, so that we could be forgiven of our sins. And whoever turns from their sin and believes in Jesus will be saved. That is what the Bible teaches. That is what Christianity has taught for the longest time. Well, as you know, the Bible also speaks of there being two categories of people, Jew and Gentile. Jew, meaning that literally you are from the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. From the one individual man who long time ago in Genesis chapter 12, God called and made promises to, and anybody born to that man is considered the family of God, the children of Israel, a Jew. Everybody else that's not in that category is considered a Gentile. And the Bible speaks about both of those categories over and over and over again. The book of Romans in the New Testament is long. It's 16 chapters. It's thorough. It is perhaps more complex than any other book that we have in the Bible, any other book we have in the New Testament. And it is just explaining how God saves people in a very detailed fashion, right? You remember that Romans chapter three says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It says, Jews sin and Gentiles sin, and there is no difference. They all sin. We've all sinned. Romans chapter six, you remember, says that the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Now that's a short little verse, but it's explaining or it is summarizing um, the gospel message. You know that Romans chapter 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Salvation is of the Lord. We read Psalm 3 for our call to worship where it says multiple times, salvation is of the Lord. It is God who saves, and we know that. And so when we see that God is the savior of the world, and yet we see there are two different types of people, Jews and Gentiles, in a spiritual sense, then we have to start wondering about that, and Paul speaks to it in the book of Romans. So tonight, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 11, 
Romans chapter 11. We're going to start reading tonight in verse 11. So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles, so as to make Israel jealous. So he's talking about now the difference between the Jews' salvation and the Gentiles' salvation, or the difference in which God is working in those two different types of people. Verse 12. Now, if their trespass means riches for the world, and if their failure means riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their full inclusion mean? Now, I'm speaking to you Gentiles, and as much then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? If the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. But if some of the branches were broken off and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember it is not you who, supports, who support the root, but the root that supports you. Then you will say branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They are broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God, severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness, otherwise you too will be cut off. And even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. For God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree? Verse 25, and this is our verse for tonight. Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery. There's our word. There's a mystery here. There's something that's hard to understand. There's something that has not been fully revealed and God is now trying to reveal it to us. I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. What is he talking about? What is he talking about? Well, I want to point out two things. First, we understand that there's a partial hardening. We understand what that means. God has hardened a heart, and they're not believing. Okay? God has hardened their heart, and they are not believing. The Bible teaches that the only way to be saved is to believe believe in Christ. And so if somebody is not believing, then their heart is hard. And God says here that there has come a partial hardening has come upon Israel. Why partial? Because we've always seen that some Jews have come to believe. Just want to read you a few numbers. Currently, there are 6.7 million Jewish people in the United States. There are 14 million Jewish people worldwide. 6.7 million in the U.S. and 14 million worldwide. There are lots of Jews, okay? How many believe? Well, 
Um, 22% of Jewish Americans say that they have zero religious belief whatsoever. They don't believe anything. And so it opens up this idea that they're identifying, listen, with a, with a heritage that has to be speaking about God for they call themselves Jewish, but it doesn't have too much spiritualness to it, not much spirituality. So there is a partial hardening. In other words, there are Jews that are not believing because their hearts are hardened. But here's the next thing that's not too hard to understand. It won't be forever. Look what it says. Until the fullness of the Gentiles has come. This is all there in verse 25. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of all the Gentiles has come in. So while God has hardened the Jews and they're not believing in Jesus, there's coming a time when God has finished saving the Gentiles where that hardening will go away. All right? Well, that's pretty simple to understand. We, we get that. What's difficult is when it says, in this way, all Israel will be saved. What does he mean by all Israel? What does he mean there by all Israel? Well, let me say two more things. The first is that the Bible teaches us that there is an ethnic Israel and there is a spiritual Israel. The Bible teaches that, that there are people that identify as Jewish simply from their nationality, simply from their family line, simply from their heritage, an ethnic Israel. But there is also a spiritual Israel, meaning that they are believing that they are the children of God. Let me, let me show you just a few things. Turn back to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. Look at verse six. If you have never read these verses before, then this is gonna open your eyes to the difference between an ethnic Israel and a spiritual Israel. Verse six. But it is not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. Not everybody that's Israeli is Israeli. Not everybody who says that they are Israel is Israel, meaning that there is a difference between Ethnic Israel and spiritual Israel. He explains more. Verse 7. And not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. So in other words, you can be a child of Abraham and not be a child of Abraham. He keeps going. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. So there is a difference between ethnic Israel and spiritual Israel. Let me show it to you in perhaps an even better way. Keep turning back to John chapter 8. So Romans 9 right there said not all Israel is Israel. Romans 9 there says not all Israel is Israel. Not all children of Abraham are children of Abraham. At Romans chapter 8, I want us to begin reading at verse 39. Here is Jesus in a conversation with the Jews, all right, the religious leaders. Here's Jesus in a conversation with the Jews. 
They answered him, verse 39, Jesus, and they said, Abraham is our father. They were proud of that. They were sure of that. They were Jewish. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. So you see what's happening there? They are thinking ethnicity. They are thinking Abraham is our father. We are from the line of Abraham. We are Jewish. Therefore, we are children of God. We are spiritual. Jesus is talking spiritual. So since they do not do what Abraham did, Abraham believed. Abraham trusted God. Abraham had faith and it was counted to him as righteous. Abraham believed the promises of God. They don't believe the promises of God. So Jesus is saying, you're not like Abraham. So he must not be your father. And they're saying, yes, he is our father. And Jesus says, no, he's not your father. They're talking ethnicity. They're Jewish. And Jesus is talking spiritual. It'll, be, it'll become more clear. Let's keep reading. Verse 41, you're doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Now let me stop there for a second. They think that since they are Jewish, that means God is their father. That's not true. Every, that's why I said what I said at the beginning about Muslims. Every human being is born in sin. And every human being does not have God as their father. God is not the father of anybody until they are adopted into God's family. And you are adopted into God's family by the work of Christ and believing. God is fatherly to all people. He takes care of you but he is not your father. You are not in his family. You don't get his name. You are not in the family of God. They are assuming that because they are Jewish and in Abraham's family, that God is their father, and that is not true, and this is what he is pointing out. He is telling them that the devil is their father, not God, and they cannot fathom that to be the case, which what that means is they don't think much about sin, and since they don't think much about sin, they don't think much about their need for forgiveness of sins. And since they don't think much about their sin and the forgiveness of sins, they don't think much about God's stance on their sins, God's judgment on their sin, or God rejecting them because of their sins, which means they don't know God. And this is the conversation that Jesus is having. Let's keep reading. John chapter 8, verse 42. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them, listen to this, is that you are not of 
God. Are they Jewish? Yes. Do they know God? No. Everybody see that? They are certain that they are from the family of Abraham. They are certain that they are Jewish, but they do not know God. There are two categories of Jews. There are two categories of Israel. There are ethnic Jews and spiritual Jews. There is ethnic Israel and spiritual Israel. So now turn back to Romans 11, our passage for tonight. When he says, I don't want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers, a partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come, and in this way all Israel will be saved, what does he mean? Well, it seems simple enough to take the first Israel as ethnic Israel, the Jews, a partial hardening. And the reason why we see so many Jews not believing in Jesus has to be at least on some levels that their hearts are hardened. The Bible teaches in the Old Testament, which Jews believe, Jews believe the Old Testament, the Bible teaches that God is going to send a Savior. The New Testament says Jesus is that Savior, but Jews don't believe that. They believe the Old Testament, they do not believe the New Testament. They do not believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. And so in that way, their heart is hardened. They do not believe that Christ is God's Savior. Their hearts are hardened. So it's pretty simple that the first Israel there is speaking about ethnic Israel. It's the Jews whose hearts are hardened that do not believe. But there's coming a time where that will change on some levels uh, when the fullness of the time has come and Gentiles are all the Gentiles that God plans to save that are all part of the elect are, are saved. And then in this way, all Israel will be saved. And so really... What is most complicated here is what is meant at verse 26 of all Israel. What group is he referring to? Well, there are three good choices and people are all over the place with it. It's really hard to figure out. One option is that he's simply referring to everybody that will be saved. This option would say that the second uh, use of Israel in this passage, the verse 26 use of Israel here, means just the redeemed, meaning just spiritual Israel, and really is not speaking much at all about ethnic Israel. It's just meaning the redeemed. It's just referring to the church. It's just talking about spiritual Israel. That would be really easy if that's what it, if that's what it meant. But there's so much in Romans about ethnic Israel that it seems kind of hard to go straight to that. I'm that type of guy too. I would love for this to be just spiritual Israel. That's kind of the way I think. That's the way I study. I want it to just be that. But it doesn't seem like that works because he's been talking so much about ethnic Israel, ethnic Israel, ethnic Israel through all of this. All of that talk about grafted in and branches and the olive tree and all that is talking about literally the ethnic Israel and the Gentiles. The Jews and the Gentiles. Could be that, but I don't know if it is. The second thing it could be is it could just be referring to all of the elect of Israel. And therefore, we've made this way more complicated than it ever needs to be. Because while, majority speaking, most Jews do not believe, some do. There are some Jews that believe. When I worked at Bonefish Grill, my boss was Jewish. He was a great guy. He was good to me, good friend, good boss. 
Um, but he was not very spiritual. He did not love God and didn't, knew that, would let you know that. But every once in a while, as he was running around and really cutting up and really living a, a worldly lifestyle, he would say things like, I don't know why my life's so jacked up. I'm a child of God. He would say things like that. Meaning, he knows that the Bible calls Israel God's children. The Bible also teaches us that nobody will be saved apart from Christ. And while we see that most Jews are not believing right now, there are some Jews that believe. There's a whole ministry out there called Jews for Jesus. Look it up. There are lots. Lots of Jews that have come to faith in Christ. There's also a whole category, like a denomination called Messianic Jews. There are people that are still holding on to their Jewish heritage, their Jewish lineage, their Jewish, Jewish culture, but they've come to believe that Christ, the Jewish Savior, is the Savior of the world. They believe the New Testament along with the Old Testament, and so God has saved some. Now, again, you look at the numbers, it's not many of the Jews, but there are Jews that are believing, and perhaps that's all this means. It's just meaning Jews that are saved, Jews that are elect, and that all of them will be saved. If that was the case, and that, that sounds good, but if that was the case, then it really is misleading that this is a mystery and a partial hardening and all that. If that was the case, then it would just sound like what normal ministry is throughout the history of the world, right? Because throughout the history of the world, God is saving everybody that he's going to save. God is bringing in all of those who he plans to save. And so what's so mysterious about it? What's the partial hardening that happened and will stop? I don't know, it could be that. Or it could be, and this is what most people think, although there are a lot of trouble, a lot of issues with it. It could be that there's coming a day in the future where God is going to save a lot of Jews. It could be that there's coming a day in the future where God is going to save a lot of Jews. So in that way, he says, all Israel will be saved. Now, the Bible does this a lot. It uses the word all, and it doesn't mean all. It uses the word world, and it doesn't mean the whole world, right? The Bible does that a lot. So it's not that every single last Jew is going to be saved because we have a whole history going back thousands of years of Jews who have rejected God and have been judged and will not be saved, just like there are a lot of Americans who have rejected God and will not be saved, just like there are a lot of Baptists, to be totally honest, who do not truly believe and will not be saved. The only way to be saved is for you to turn from your sins and embrace Christ as Savior of the world, Savior of your sins. And there are some Jews that have done that. But if you read this again, let's read verse 25 and see what you think it is. Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As regards the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. 
The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience that he may have mercy on all. And then Romans 1 through 11, which is its own kind of section, ends with this huge doxology. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. When you read the ending of that, after I've said all that I wanted to say tonight, that there is a difference between ethnic Israel and spiritual Israel, that we're familiar with Jesus' constant dealings in the Gospels with the Jews, telling them that they are not children of God, and until they believe, they will not be children of God. When you read that, when you hear that, when you understand that, when you understand what the partial hardening means, because that's not that complicated, and then you see clearly that that's going to end at the fullness of the inclusion of the Gentiles, then something's going to happen. What do you think? Do you think it means basically just the redeemed? Do you think it means the redeemed of Israel, the redeemed Jews? Or do you think that this is teaching us there is coming a day toward the end, the end of the Gentiles being saved, that God's going to do a special type of saving of lots of Jews? I do not know. It's not that big of a deal to me. I do not know. If you pin me down and said I had to answer one, I think it's the third one. But I do not want you to ever think that somebody can be saved apart from faith in Christ. If anybody is to be saved, and if there is coming a day where many, many Jews are going to be saved, it will only be because they have heard the good news about Jesus and because they've put their faith in Christ. Maybe God is going to do that, and maybe that's what it's referring to. I don't know. Turn back to chapter 10, and we will stop there. Turn back to chapter 10. Chapter 10, verse 5. For Moses writes about the righteousness is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them, but the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Listen to this. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek or Gentile. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There he says, whether you're Jew or Gentile, the way you will be saved is to hear about Christ and believe. That we are certain of. Who is the all Israel being saved in Romans 11, 25, and 26? I'm not sure. But let me conclude by reading to you this conclusion. 
from Ligonier Ministries. There is a future for ethnic Israel. The church is not Israel's replacement. Okay, we are not to read that God finished with Israel in the Old Testament and started with the church in the New Testament. No, the church is not Israel's replacement, but it's continuation that fulfills all that the true Israel ever was under the Old Covenant. That assembly of believing Jews such as Moses the Jew or Ruth the Gentile. God's people will always include Jews and Gentiles. We Gentiles must not pridefully think the Lord loves us more than the Jews, but we must work for harmony between all the peoples in the church. It is God who saves. God saves everybody through Christ, everybody that believes in Christ. And God is doing a salvation among Gentiles, and God is doing a salvation among Jews, Exactly what that means, I don't know. But may we be thankful that God is the Savior and may we trust him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for our time here tonight. Thank you for your scriptures. Thank you for the mystery that you don't want us to be unaware of. God, thank you that it's challenging. Thank you that we can admit here tonight and on some levels accept that we don't have all the answers. But thank you, God, that we can say there are a lot of things here that I do understand. I know what a hard heart looks like. I know what inability to believe looks like. I know that salvation is of the Lord. You're the one that changes hearts. I know there's ethnic Israel, true Israel. God, thank you that we can understand a lot of the concepts here. Father, we do pray that you would bring many, many, many people to faith, that you would keep saving people. We pray, God, that we would know that when we preach the gospel, you work and lives are being changed and you're drawing people to yourself. And we pray, God, that you would continue to do that more and more and more. God, thank you for this Sunday and this time to be together. We pray your blessing on our church and your strengthening of our trust in your holy word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.